Welcome to Churches Cancelled. I'm your co-host, Brett, and today I'm joined by my co-host, the Cuban pool attendant. Eso. Hola, Cuban pool attendant. ¿Cómo estás, Dani? Hola. Viva la revolución. All right. That sounds I'm, great. I'm, I'm going to clean all the pools. All right. And what else are you going to do? That's all. Um, before we jump into today's episode, I do have a reading. I would like to read this passage. <clears throat> when the hawk take the day off, I make the lead work. I'll put you in the red dirt. Ice cream make them look like stars. They come in through on bikes, but they look like cars. It's something new. That is a uh, passage from Jada Kiss, uh, the song They Ain't Ready by Bubba Sparks featuring Jada Kiss produced by Timberland. Wow. Thank you for sharing that, Danny. That, uh, that really resonates with me today. Thank you. That, that, that really resonates. I'm glad. And, and also, before we get to, into this scandal, uh, this week we are talking about the Jerry Falwell Jr. scandal. Uh, before we get too uh, far into that, I want to share with you our, uh, our segment, our church cliche of the week. Our Church Cliché of the Week brought to you by new and true sponsor, Fountainhead Coffee. Fountainhead Coffee, the only coffee company that does not care about your feelings. Uh, you can go to www.fountainheadcoffee.com and use code CHURCH, that's C-H-U-R-C-H. -H. For those of you who can't spell, uh, use code CHURCH for 10% off. Now for our Church Cliché of the Week. Danny, are you ready for this one? Yes. Uh, this one is, uh, not, maybe not in every church, but, uh, I hear this one quite a bit. Let's have a hand clap for Jesus. You ever get the hand clap for Jesus when you're at church, Danny? Um, not recently. No. Um, but in order to get that, don't you kind of have to go to church? So, you do have to go to church to hear yeah, that one, Danny. I, I'm just so watching maybe. the sermons online because my church is, I moved, I'm, I'm living in a temporary place. So my church is over an hour away, and I really love Jesus, and I love my local church, but not going to drive an hour if I don't wake up on time. So, Yeah, that, that didn't totally make sense. Uh, so no hand claps for, for Jesus for you. I always but, just thought that was an interesting one to do a yeah, hand but, clap. Like, can you just say clap? What other kind of clap is there? Like, am I clapping my cheeks for Jesus? Uh, oh, like, what are we doing here? In the scripture, it, it instructs us to do everything as we do it, as though we're doing it unto the Lord. So yeah. if you're clapping cheeks, clap them. I'm <laughs> clap just, them for Jesus. I'm just saying, if you, I, we live in a non-contextual um, point in history where context doesn't matter. So let's just, why are we so caught up in the context of it? Clap so, our cheeks for Jesus. That's right. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm out here. I'm out here clapping cheeks like that. So. And uh, speaking of clapping cheeks for Jesus, uh, <laughs> this. This episode is going to be a cheek clapper, if I say so myself. Yes. Uh, so the the scandal we're talking about this week is the Jerry Falwell Jr. scandal. Now, I want our listeners to understand the scandal right. uh, before we get too much into giving our opinions on it. And I think to understand the Jerry Falwell Jr. scandal, you have to understand Jerry Falwell 
Sr. and some of the things that happened with Jerry Falwell Sr. Yes. Uh, Jerry Falwell Sr. Danny, can you tell, tell us a little bit about him? <clears throat> Absolutely. Um, I didn't actually know who this guy was until a Catholic friend was asking me to defend him. And I was like, I don't know who that is. And I'm not going to defend a guy I don't know. Um, Jerry Falwell Jr. or Sr. rather, um, created what was called the Moral Majority, a coalition of evangelicals whose goal was to influence politics. Now, um, last week's episode was actually about politics. I do think we made mention of Moral Majority and how Moral Majority um, became what is now the modern Republican Party. I, I think that's a fair assessment. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think so. <clears throat> Jerry Falwell Sr. was a um, pastor of a church called Thomas Road Baptist Church. He also founded Liberty University, um, and he was a televangelist. And um, the his he created this massive organization. He created a real dynasty, an evangelical dynasty. It's I think it's fair to say that. And his legacy, in many ways, you know, he said a lot of controversial stuff. You know, like September 11th was. God punishing us for gays and abortions, which that's... He said uh, Martin Luther King Jr. MLK Day should be a holiday because... Shouldn't? MLK, yeah, he said because MLK had a questionable moral behavior outside of the spotlight. Well, and that's actually not untrue. Right. Um, and I'm just saying, if I was MLK, I'd be getting in every single which way I could. Um, and I think that, you know, in this episode in this scandal and in every other scandal brett and i are coming to some weird conclusions like these people are just humans and they're behaving in a human way yeah. and it's not the conclusion i expected to ever Me reach neither. about any of these people until i'm I becoming started... more for i feel like i'm becoming more forgiving and more understanding of Which the I church of church leaders and the church as an institution <laughs> So it's not what we set out to do. No, we literally called the podcast Churches Canceled and we're here carrying water for like, it's not their fault. It's just a little gay. And that's coming out in two weeks. But um, <clears throat> so Jerry Falwell Sr. Right. Uh, founded Liberty University, televangelist. He Correct. eventually took over the. Um, well, he had his own kind of morning radio show. He ended right. up taking over PTL, Praise the Lord, which is like right. a, just televangelism worship and, service and on TV. And I do want to add this one extra key insight that I, I, you didn't watch the Hulu documentary called God Forbid about this. I okay, so I did. Um, and in there they mention, you know, moral majority kind of spun up and in short order, it was bringing in a hundred million dollars a year. Now, let me put that wow. into context and say, today, today, Hillsong globally will do $100 million. So when we are comparing that, you're the, you're the guy who would know this better. Uh, what do you figure the, the you know, um, adjusted for inflation number on $100 million in the 80s? Oh, I mean, 600? I, I have no idea. The 80s? I would say, yeah, I would say 600 is not unreasonable. We're talking about a time when... You know, you'd go buy a Cadillac Fleetwood and it was $18,000, a brand new one. Um, if you want a brand new Cadillac Escalade uh, ESV, it's what, 150K probably, 120? 150 is the one with the big engine, with the supercharger. But I'm just saying, like, 
So for doing that number, and we're saying, I mean, these guys were flying private jets before rappers knew what those were. Before there were rappers that could afford private true, jets. True. I mean, rappers were just like, we just got a Mazda MPV. Like there were yeah. rap videos with Mazda MPVs in them. And Jerry Falwell and his crew are PJing it all around. Um, and these weren't these aren't like prop beachcrafts. These are freaking jet jets. And God bless them. Um, and as much as I find Jerry Falwell to be a distasteful brute, and senior or junior, senior, um, an uncultured swine. Why? It just because of not just what he said, but his approach to. Um, trying to codify American Christians as the moral compass of our country. It's this gross collectivist um, thing where I I actually, as a Christian person, um, and as we've just described here, I'm always trying to become more empathetic and trying to see people as human beings and with a sin nature, if you want to call it that, or just whatever, you just can't... people trying to get it right. And instead of positioning us as the group who are forgiving and humble and we're servants of Jesus and we're just trying to help our community and pour into our communities, he positioned us as these moral authoritarians and, and he was successful at that. And the problem is when you create a standard, people are going to hold you to it. And we created an impossible standard that is in, that is just not human. And the whole point of the gospel isn't the whole point of the new Testament is that we couldn't fulfill the laws of Moses. And so when, when so don't give us more laws we can't fulfill. What's the point? Um, But to his credit, I freaking love that senior created a freaking dynasty only in America can you monetize religion at this, at this scale? And he built a huge frick. I mean, he had two sons. Okay. Uh, he handed one son, a university that, you know, he, juniors net worth is, is estimated around a hundred million dollars. Right. Um, I don't know about Falwell, uh, Jonathan Falwell, the guy who took over right. his, the church. He seems like a clean cut guy who doesn't have any scandals, but we're going to find who out. Knows? But what <clears throat> I love that about, I love that, listen, Martin Luther was really pissed that the Catholics were selling um, indulgences and that's how the Catholic church got money was they were trying to sell people's way into heaven. Yeah. This guy just monetized something political and he made a hundred. This is America. Yeah. You so should... he was, he was good at monetizing, but that's yeah. where the scandal starts. Correct. Apparently he wasn't that good at keeping track of his money as we found out, I don't remember the exact number, but Liberty University that he founded was in a lot of debt. And also he took over PTL. PTL, praise the Lord, that televangelism program, that wasn't his. He took it over and then found out they were in like, was it like 72 million or some, some ridiculous number? I, I love Almost these 100 people. million in debt. And I, what's even worse is they, that what they used to do is they used to sign people up for like lifetime memberships as a supporter of the show. And then if you were a lifetime member, you got like three or four nights free in this hotel that was supposed to be like the Christian Disneyland hotel, but the towers they were building weren't even finished. Uh, and there were too many people who had bought tickets, so they couldn't this, the, they did the math on it and they're like, well, we sold so many tickets that it's going to take like 
hundreds of years to get everyone in and through uh, their three, four nights free stay. And we just can't do it. So he goes on the show and apologizes to everyone and says, this is what we did. And one guy starts yelling at him, which I love. God bless that guy. And he like shushes the guys like this is a church service. And then all the other sheeple in the crowd start clapping. Like this guy just lost all of your guys' money. Why are you clapping for him? Um, What I love about that is it took two skeevy things, televangelism and um, oh, frick, what are they called? Um, Oh, those vacation rentals that you don't even own, but you pay timeshares. Yeah, there you go. To yeah. Two skeevy thing, two skeevy industries. Put them together. And televangelism and a timeshare. He put, listen, if I. Th- the two things guy, you should always be wary of. No, but this guy, to have the foresight, I, I, this wasn't, it was the senior that did that or he took over? Senior, the, did, senior did that, yeah. Well, he, he took over PTL. I don't know if he was selling those timeshares, okay. but. But I'm just saying, whoever was the genius that said, let's make evangelical timeshares i <clears throat> we love to look at tech today and say oh my gosh they're disrupting an industry these guys were disrupting an industry freaking a man evangelical yeah. timeshares i love it bro what a good scandal and we haven't even got to the scandal yet that's what i love about it so the scandal the this that's where it starts right that what right. it wasn't really all like the all the debt PTL was, and I don't think that was primarily uh, Falwell Senior's fault, but right. Liberty University was in a crap ton of debt too. Love it. And Falwell Senior, he loved his university. It was his passion. It was his dream. He just wasn't very good at managing the finances. So here's where comes where uh, Junior. Falwell Junior comes in. Uh, Jerry Falwell Junior was pretty good at managing money right and he from what we know about him uh so i watched a, just to where i getting my information from i watched it it's like an independent documentarian who okay. did a, a documentary on uh just on youtube danny yeah. you watched the one on the new hulu. one that's out on hulu called yes. god forbid right yeah and i, th- I think our two documentaries uh, kind of made different points and focused on different things so i think we'll be able to cover a good a breadth of things here. Yeah, the, the documentary I watched was, uh, you know, listen, we know it was produced by some Hollywood um, production company. You know how in some of these documentaries they'll have like um, the journalists that broke the story and other experts and they'll sit them down and interview them and they'll say, well, yeah. he's a psychiatrist. What I loved about this documentary was there was just some jack wagon who's like, who is this guy? They don't ever label him in the lower thirds and he's just explaining the story. I'm like, they just found some Boston guy in a bar with an accent. And he's just like, so that's when John Carlo goes to their house and he takes a text message and he bangs the girl. Ladies. What? What? <laughs> um, and, you know, let me just air this out for a second. One of my beefs with the one that I watched was they kept referring to the Falwells and they like, it starts with, Jerry Falwell Sr. And uh, much of this two-hour documentary, I would say 30 or 35%, probably even 40% of it, is dedicated to bashing Falwell Sr. Fine. Sure. Um, But they do this Stretch Armstrong of trying to like 
replaced the Hobbs decision, which reversed Roe v. Wade on Junior. But the, the thing that I love was huh. they kept saying that they're racists. As you said, Falwell was doing televangelism in the 80s and 90s. Could never find me a quote a video clip of this guy saying something racist. I'm not yeah. saying he wasn't. I mean, he was born in what the fifties in Virginia. I'm, I'm saying he probably wasn't walking around holding hands with black people or anything. I'm not saying he was or wasn't, but show me a clip that's definitive of that. But what I love is they, they end it on. So basically the fall wells are uh, to blame for January 6th. What? Yeah. That's, so, that's definitely a, a stretch Armstrong. Yeah. As you said, um, the documentary I watched did did not make didn't equate any of their actions or influence to anything to do uh, with the Hobbs decision. Um, yeah, not at all. Let's go back a little bit to the scandal yeah. we were talking about senior. So junior comes in. Basically, he comes in and he uh, he takes over Liberty University. And so right. he's looking for a way to get senior out of debt. Now, Falwell Jr., a little bit of background on him. Uh, from what I understood, he wasn't super religious. He, uh, he kind of partied himself in college. He, I mean, was the quote that I wrote down from my documentary was he understood that simply believing was all he needed to get into heaven. So not super yep. religious, just all I have to do is believe and I can do whatever I want. Um, yes. Yeah. I would like to point out, I'd like to take this time to say, this is where I think the, the doctrine of heaven, and yes, there is a doctrine of heaven, is a damaging doctrine. We don't actually see anywhere in the Bible that when you die and you're a Christian, you go to heaven. Paul says the hope of the believer is in the resurrection. Okay, not in dying and going straight to heaven. Evangelicals have created this doctrine of heaven, that when you die, your spirit just goes right up into the clouds and you're happy and you sing songs forever with Jesus. Um, the problem this creates is when all you got to do is believe and then you're up in the clouds singing the songs. Now we have these issues where people are going to do whatever they want, including harming other people, stealing from them, whatever, because, well, they believe in that's good enough. And I think the doctrine of heaven being someplace up in the clouds we go to when we die is problematic for that reason. So Jerry Jr., not a super hardcore religious believer guy who thinks that behavior matters, just believing is good enough, which, okay, um, you know, comes I, in and takes over the university. No, I kind of I obviously disagree with you there um, because I've hinged my entire life on the belief that all I have to do is just I did the prayer at the Billy Graham uh, crusade in 1994 yeah. when he came to Minneapolis. And um, I'm good. I, I, I bought the uh, lifetime pass to heaven. So uh, I've made a lot of choices based on you that. You probably got a good deal on it too. Fantastic deal. No one's getting better deals than me. Um, I think we should do our ad right now. And then we're going to jump let's, into the rest of this. Let's do our ad. Um, we We've have got a, a, a new sponsor again. again. We just keep picking them up left and right. The Lord is truly blessing us with these fantastic opportunities and partners with these fantastic If you want to sponsor us, you can also email at us at our email. Yeah, it's a blessings at churchescancel.com or blessing. Either way, we'll find you. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, yeah, so today is 
this episode today is sponsored by Evangelical Essential Oils. Now, you're probably... Evangelical thinking, Essential Oils. That's correct. Wow. Yep, EEO. Now, I know what you're thinking. I have a doctor. Why right. do I need these essential oils? Now, I'm that's not That's what saying, I was thinking. I'm not saying that if you uh, have a triple coronary and you need a bypass and you need a heart surgery, that you need a surgeon. I'm not saying you don't. I'm just saying if huh. you have evangelical essential oils, don't yeah. you have enough faith that God will heal you? Okay. <laughs> you should. Now, Brett was saying earlier in the episode how you yeah. know, he has all these um, concerns about the doctrine of heaven. Right. And we're not suggesting that this is the case. We're just saying, would it hurt? Now, if you doused yourself in these essential oils, right? If you anointed yourself with evangelical essential oils, mm-hmm. don't you think it's going to be a little easier to get up there? Don't you? Once doused, always saved. That's what they say over at EEO. That's right. So you can go to evangelicalessentialoils.us slash church, and you can get 15% off your permanent lifetime subscription. If you attempt to cancel, it will go on your credit, and they will foreclose on your home. Again, that is evangelicalessentialoils.us. Dot us. Now, if you go to .com, you will go to the um, horrifying European version of the company's <laughs> website. You don't want to go to that one. No, it's EU don't. compliant. Okay, EU compliant companies can't be Christian. We already know that. So mm-hmm. you want to wow. go to .us. That's right. We are super ble- beyond blessed. I would say to have. Evangelical Essential Oils That's right. as our newest sponsor at yep. Church is Canceled. You know what's funny is their other div- division is called War Evangelical Warheads. And um, uh. they wanted to sponsor us, but I was like, what do you guys sell? And they're like, we sell nukes to the federal government, but we're Christian. I was like, oh. So, yeah. Oh, boy. Now we're going to get canceled by a whole different group of people. That's right. Now back to the show. So I think we left off talking about where uh, so Jerry Jr. comes in and he is trying to get dad, Jerry Sr., former senior, out of bankruptcy. Right. Uh, He's staring down bankruptcy. They're not bankrupt yet, but they're getting close. Yeah. He uh, did you get in? Did they give you any of the details on the documentary you watched about some of the tactics Liberty University used? No, I wish they did. They just kept telling me about how he was a white supremacist but can never show me a picture of him in a clan hood. So they, uh, I never, I mean, of course I would never know this, but I knew Liberty, Liberty university was a massive, well-known and pretty well-respected Christian university. I never looked heard at of it. Some, uh, master's programs there, but, uh, they, uh, they had a, they literally had a team of tele recruiters basically who would call, uh, they, they had these whatever software program set up anytime, uh, you know, somebody's somewhere looking for a university to go to, they get their phone number, they call them and they had, a they were trained not to mention that it was a Christian university. Smart. So that Brilliant. They could get more people to sign up to go. And their goal, their goal was to recruit eight students per day. And if you didn't, if you, I think if you did less than four, uh, there was disciplinary action was taken against you. 
Uh, they were extreme, <laughs> extremely underpaid and they were only allowed, like they would get like 45 second breaks in between calls, you know, barely get bathroom breaks, that sort of thing. Like it was extremely aggressive what they did. So was and that an- it, it worked. They, they upped their admission numbers by a lot to help avoid bankruptcy. So um, is, that, is that a policy junior instituted? Yeah, I, I believe it was Junior who. So this dude, uh, he ran a boiler room basically, right? Yeah. I mean, that tactic is what. Um, do you ever see those commercials of like National American University content? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those people got sued for doing crap like that, and yeah. you know they went out of business for that. Yeah, it's mm, it's a gray area, I think. Uh, well, because the difference to, to, and this is an important thing to say. Um, Liberty University is a not nonprofit university. They're a nonprofit, right? So unlike a lot of other private Christian universities that are for profit, um, because it's like they, they have complicated uh, arrangements, it's harder to get to that not profit status. They're pretty well established as a entity now. Yeah, yeah, because they used to be called Liberty Baptist University, and they dropped the Baptist. Um, and just or Liberty Baptist College, and yeah. they became Liberty University, and um, it's that's a that's a good play. So he's a he's a shrewd businessman, is what you're saying. Certainly a shrewd businessman. I think um, after watching the documentary, I did right. Jerry Falwell Jr. Not so much of a guy who really cared about ministry. Right. The sources in this documentary said that he was. He did not want to take over Liberty University. Right. Um, he wanted to help get his father out of debt. Because uh, he's a good son. His, his father, Jerry Falwell Sr., passed, and Junior was basically appointed president. Right. And he would tell his wife and people close to him that he was just like hated it. And he's like, How am I going to do this? How am I going right. to get through this? Because it, it just wasn't him. It really wasn't his thing. I think he put on a mask. Right. Of like I'm a good evangelical Christian because he, he wanted to get dad out of debt. And then he fell into just being the president. And it's like, well, you got this thing falls in your lap. You're president of a powerful institution with right. quite a bit of money. How are you going to say no or turn that down? <clears throat> I mean, you, you can, you should be able to, but. Uh, <clears throat> I think the way he worked his way through it in our doc, they pointed out in the one that I on Hulu, they pointed out that he, um, would walk around campus with a water bottle that was full of half water, half tequila. So I get the impression. And that's, <laughs> they said that. So I get the impression that's how he dealt with it. Hey, he's a bit um, of a drinker, huh? A bit. Um, Danny can't have tequila because it makes me stabby. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> you know, I, 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 but that's how you get through it. I mean, I think that's a, I don't think it's disqualifying that he consumed alcohol from time to time. But I think if yeah. you're that, and like there was something about the way he talked where it was just like, this guy is so dead, dead. Like yeah. his, his father was a fiery um, Southern preacher. And his heart his, was not in it. And you can, but, but then I realized, Oh, this guy is completely um, sauced all the time. Yeah. And that's how he's. And so I was like, I like the guy even more now. I like him even more that he's doing that. Uh, part of the outrage or the scandal, I guess, is that Liberty University, much like the university I went to, 
had a uh, pretty strict code of ethics and there was right. many things you couldn't do in my documentary. They pointed out, obviously consuming alcohol was one of them. Having sex with anyone you are not married to was one of them. You sign a document that says you agree to not do these things. I had to do oh, this yeah. in the university I went to. Yeah. So this is like not at all. Not, they tried to make it like, oh my gosh, can you believe people would sign this document? Like, yeah, because I signed the same document at the school I went to. So like right. that wasn't a surprise. I mean, but, you know, the, the, the Winklevoss twins who uh, sued uh, Mark Zuckerberg, Yeah, they initially tried to settle their case because Harvard had a code of conduct that you yeah. have to carry yourself in a certain way. So yep. this like, <clears throat> there's a certain amount of moral outrage that people are applying to this scandal about Jerry Jr., yeah. which is, it's really about doing this guilt by association thing about because his dad was not because his dad took certain positions. So they're holding him to a standard that he's like, well, that's my dad who said it did all that. Yeah. Stuff. I don't think he, he held himself to those standards. Right. Or even pretended like that's what he was trying to do. It's yeah. just that, Hey, the university had these standards when he got into office. Like this yeah. is, here's what it reminds me of when people that was one of the things people were doing is just, I was trying to make the point. They're pointing out the hypocrisy, right? They've got this strict code of ethics, the president of the university is not following that code of ethics pretty clearly. And, yeah. And let me just add to that, like that guilt by association thing. It really reminds me of um, it's called Juche, which is this concept in North Korea of like, if your father is guilty, then it's three generations of guilt. And so that thing that, you know, this, I, you know, we did our politics episode last week and I kind of wanted to bring that up too. It was like, this is, a, it's unfair to place on this three generations of, of guilt of like you have to carry somebody else's the responsibility of somebody else's bad decisions is um to me it is unbiblical and unchristian now senior kind of set himself up for this and created this in, this thing like i was saying at the beginning of where he tried to position evangelicalism as um and the downstream consequences of it yeah. politically as America's moral compass and ultimately right. the world's moral compass through the lens of neoconservative politics. But that's right. neither here nor there. Yeah. So that is, you know, going against your own university's code of ethics, drinking, aggressive recruiting practices. That's not even, you know, okay. That you probably don't want to do that when you say you're not about these things, but that's not even the best part of the scandal. Of course the not. The best part of the scandal that's not is even the scandal. why it's why Danny is named the Cuban pool entrepreneur right yeah. now. I see entrepreneur. I thought it was pool boy, but uh, I changed so it. Tell yeah. us, tell us what happened, Danny, with uh, Jerry Falwell Jr. And <laughs> so, his wife, how did they meet this Cuban pool entrepreneur and what happened? So, um, so Becky Falwell and, uh, and her husband, Jerry Jr.'s wife. Yeah. Yeah. So Jr.'s wife, Becky met each other. And this is one of the clips in there. Um, he's doing a, you know, he's, he's addressing the, so they do these things called uh, convocate or whatever. They have a weekly chapel three times a week. You have to go to their chapel, but it's in a stadium. This is a Joel Osteen like scale stadium. That's how big Liberty no joke, is. Yeah. And he's doing a, um, and, and Candace Owens is there and he's telling the story about him and Becky met. And he goes, well, I was 18 and she was 13 and Becky's <laughs> trying to tell him to shut up basically. 
Um, and so I, I get the impression of Becky of like, she's a real horn dog. And in, in contrast to every other Christian housewife who doesn't <laughs> want to touch your peepee, she's trying to touch all the peepees. As many as she could, yeah. So it turns out that, um, you know, in, in our parlance, um, in the in our former podcast that we've you know we've kind of picked up some of the assets of the former podcast and right. rebranded them for this, we would refer to Mr. Uh, Jerry Jr. as a fiddle diddler because he was yeah. fiddling himself while somebody was diddling his wife. There we go. So what happened is they they're out at the Fountain Blue in Miami. Uh, you're it's a you're hotel. Right. Yeah, it's you're you're a Florida resident. This ain't a not cheap... legally, not for. Yeah, it's unconfirmed. What? what just stop saying that. <laughs> Our ministry is is incorporated in Florida. Okay, this is we don't have to file. We're filing nine nineties now. Okay, because right, we're right, right. this is a church, so we are a Florida based church. Relax, but <clears throat> they're, you know they're at a pricey hotel. They're out at the cabana, and the, this twenty year old cabana boy. Mm-hmm. Is 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 the is Latino the, version of Tom Brady? Yeah, he's Cuban. Um, so they keep his name is John John Carlo Granda. Um, and just a little, this is kind of a pertinent point. Uh, Cubans in South Florida tend to, at least Gen Xers and and Boomers, tend to be more conservative politically. Sure. Um, and the, the reason that's important is um, somewhere in the dock. Uh, Becky goes, oh, um, so your your family they're Republicans, and she turns to Junior and goes, oh, he's perfect, mm. and um, so they meet him, they get to know him a little bit, and they they say, hey, can, we're staying here at the Fountain Blue with our kids. Um, Be- Becky, Becky does apparently. Becky, says Becky I'd like to- supposedly, according to him, now there's two yeah. different versions of the story. Right. According to Giancarlo, Becky approached him was clearly drunk, was flirting with him. Correct. And said, what, Danny? I don't know what she said. I don't remember. <laughs> I just basically propositioned him. Yeah, and she she said, you want to come back to... Uh, my hotel room. My hotel room. But she told him to go to the Days Inn around the corner because she was staying at the Fountain Blue with her kids. Right. So And um, she, they, according to Giancarlo, she also said, my husband would like to watch. Yeah, I, that part I, I I don't remember her saying that up front. The what I my recollection of his recollection of events was they pried him with booze in the lobby of the Days Inn in Miami, and then after he was properly um, unable to consent, at least in at least is I'm that what saying, he said in your documentary? He, he didn't say that in his documentary. I'm inserting uh, that because they implied that. Yeah, well, I mean. They're trying to make it, but whatever. He goes up to the room and then notices Jerry Jr. is also there. And in oh, the one I watched, he said it was pretty clear that Becky told him he was going to be there. And he thought it yeah. was kind of weird. And she was like, don't worry. He's not going to do anything. He just wants to watch. Yeah. And, and listen, that might be true. I don't, uh, I, my memory might be incorrect here. So this documentary was kind of, it kind of dragged for me anyway because it just kept hammering a lot of points that I thought were unnecessary. So I kind of watched it over four or five days, but um, yeah, basically the, the, the pertinent 
point here is that at some point in time, they come to an understanding that Giancarlo is going to plow Becky, Jerry Jr.'s wife, while Jerry Jr. diddles himself, or fiddles himself, rather. It was implied that he was fiddling. I don't think, was it outright stated in your documentary? It was outright stated in my documentary. There's competing, the, the, the story that the Falwells put out was this like, he entrapped us. He was banging my wife. I had I, like I didn't know about it. Yeah. Or, and then like Jerry I Jr. claimed to have not been a part of it and to not have known it, and that it was all Becky having right. an affair. And um, but that, then he forgave her or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that kind of blows up. That 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 narrative blows up in my mind when you notice that um, they included a um, a FaceTime call. Where Becky, and this is now after the scandal had not the scandal had broken at that point, but they had um, it, it was they had effectively this was long after they'd kind of essentially broken up and she missed him, and so she's FaceTiming Giancarlo, and um, she's walking around the house and she's stripping, taking her clothes off, and Giancarlo recorded this, so the the Reuters um, journalist that broke the story was like, I can't, I can't go to the press. I can't go to, I can't do this without more firm evidence. So she's, so they're recording a FaceTime call. She's stripping and she's going through the house and saying, Hey, this is my kid's room. We, you plowed me in here. And then going around the house, showing all the places where she got plowed by John Carlo and by accident flicks the phone over this way. And uh, junior's working himself. Oh no. Yeah, you don't God, see his red-handed. Um, you don't see. Yeah, you don't see his equipment. Um, That's and I'm probably not, good. I'm not a perv or anything, but I'm always curious about guys who are fiddle diddlers and what they're packing. And is this just like, is this a compensation thing? I don't know what it is. Yeah, but what's um, the reason? Well, they they alluded a little bit in the documentary I watched that uh, Junior and his brother John felt that it was difficult. John got a lot. John got along with senior a lot better and junior got along with his mom and junior always found it difficult to earn the affection of senior. So there could be some shame and guilt playing in there. Junior never felt good enough. That tends to be a theme with these sorts of uh, sexual arrangements. So who knows? Okay. Well, um, yeah. So, and there's another, uh, another person came forward that was in her son's band who said um, that she had um, that Becky had jumped his bones and got into bed with him and without, without him having been propositioned or him asking for it or anything and um, started to uh, fillet him. And he's like, what are you doing? Um, And Becky's kind of good looking for a, yeah, Becky's a good looking lady. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, she's kind of good looking for a 40 something year old lady. So, so I get the impression that Becky is a real horn muffin. And um, instead of seeing this as a blessing from the God that your that your evangelical wife uh, of however many years <clears throat> wants to touch. We it. don't know that Becky was really evangelical. If she was just buying in and playing a part like junior appeared to be right. And, but that's a fair criticism that applies to literally every Christian. I think sometimes. Sure. But at the same time, I think you and I know plenty of plenty of Christians 
who we would look at and go is in ministry. I can think of two. He go, that guy's not faking it. He, he really believes in his heart yeah. and he's about it. Um, and I, I would say that, you know, with this much money on the line, my heart's in it. <laughs> like, yeah. I think um, they, uh, in my documentary, at least they, they focused a lot on like, was it really whose story was true? Uh, was it really a, uh, a cuckold scenario, as they say, where Jerry Falwell Jr. is included and likes to watch? Or was it just an affair where Becky was cheating and Jerry didn't know? They really tried to like figure that out. And I, I think that part's irrelevant as far as this being a scandal. I don't, I don't know that that matters so much, but I'll get to right. why I think that. I can see why people think that matters and why people say, oh, what a... What, what hypocrites, they, their school's code of ethics says you can only have sex with the person you're married to and they're off with a third person involved in theirs. Well, um, I, that that doesn't this? seem to matter to me. It's clear that Becky was having sex with John Carlo in, in some capacity. Right. And uh, I mean, I, I don't know. It seems pretty clear to me that Jerry Jr., knew about it. I mean, there's all these pictures right. of them together. There's pictures right. of them with Trump together that we right. will comment on in a second here, but I don't know that that, that and, matters so much in my mind. Right. And I, the, the way that I view the whole thing was that Jerry Jr. and the psychiatrist, they had a psychiatrist or psychologist, somebody, a lady in the doc in, in the Hulu oh, doc. Yeah. And she said, this couple is actually as close as a couple can get. They're really close with each other. They have an implicit volume of trust. And uh, the impression that I got was um, that Jerry Jr. is a real beta male. And his his goal with his wife is to whatever she wants. I want to give her the world, right? And she wanted to bang a 20-year-old Cuban pool attendant. And so he, in some reverse concubine scenario is like well if i'm here to watch then and if i'm if i'm if i'm uh, you know yanking myself then somehow it's really like it's my peepee going in her right <laughs> like i mean you know what I'm saying like it's i don't know there's a there's a weird upside down spiritual argument that i think could be made that you know that's how he perceived things i don't think and no one ever said that but um i'm trying to make it all work I, you know, I have this sure. theology that before anybody else ever started deconstructing, at least publicly or talking about it, I call it the box. And it's just like, if it don't fit in the box, don't worry about it yet. Right. And so what do you mean? Tell us more about that. Well, I'm just what saying like, the we box? Have, well, we'll talk, we have a, we have an episode on deconstruction, so we'll get into it then. Okay. But, um, but basically what I'm trying to say is you try to make it all fit. And uh-huh. So I was just trying to make it all fit in my head and then going, well, if you look at the Old Testament, sure, it, okay, you know, if a woman can't do the job, she yeah, uh, she they would wants, recruit another family member usually. Yeah, so I'm just saying, you know, and it's not like they're artificially inseminating in the in you know in the BC era, so you know, yeah, that's a that's a direct deposit kind of thing, you know. <laughs> so they, uh, they all this is going on. There's some type of threesome scenario we believe jerry jr knows about it yeah i don't think there's a threesome in the technical term of a threesome right right? this is because one is not really participating the husband is watching so 
I'll text right. three-way Chad and I'll see if he can <laughs> give us a definitive ruling. On no, that. we already na- we already named it. It's a cuckold yeah. thing. We already we already yeah, named yeah. it. But it uh, but what, it, what I found was interesting in the documentary I watched, and I think they do this in the one you watch too. They try to portray Giancarlo as some sort of victim, and he yeah. very well may be. He, he may be, but um, I found it difficult to feel bad for a guy who gets a book deal. Gets a Hulu deal, right? Uh, gets to bang this guy's hot wife. evangelical wife, yeah, and meet Trump and get in on all these real estate deals. Like, I just found yeah. it really difficult to feel bad about that. Yeah, and so I think the 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 reason that Giancarlo gets um, positioned as the victim isn't for his own benefit. It's right. so that they can position uh, the Falwells as dangerous psychopathic um predators and i I think that's jerry jr seems softer than wet cheese he does not (laughs) seem like a guy who's maniacal enough to not at all he doesn't i think he's just one of those guys who like he fell ass backwards into this deal because of his father's legacy he didn't really want to be a part of it and i also get the impression based on what you're saying that you know, I'm thinking now, he's really just trying to prove his dead dad wrong. Like, look, dad, I can fix the university. You couldn't run. <laughs> glug glug glug. That's right, John. <laughs> plow my wife. But I'm just saying, like that, like that. To me, I get the impression that like he just fell backwards into this scenario, and to like pillory the guy as a like a mastermind it's giving him too much credit right and the reason they give him all that credit is because they want to create this power dynamic structure that fits into some intersectional narrative when it's far more simpler than that he is a but we know why let's comment a bit on why they're trying to why the media or whoever is trying to do that right falwell senior had close relationships with presidents Falwell Jr., at least we know, was in some way involved with President Trump. Correct. Um, he got tr- Trump got the endorsement from him, right? Yeah. So Trump yeah. got. So so what's interesting is they do. It's not convocation at graduation. It's just their weekly. Um, they're they're three times a week uh, Chapel. chapels. Mini in church tw- service. Yeah. In 2012, Trump comes out to speak at one of these services, and at this point, Trump is not. Trump isn't trying to appeal to evangelicals. He hasn't announced he's running for office. None of this has taken place. He's just the guy who went on Fox News and complained about Obama's birth certificate. And it's like, hey, he faked the birth certificate. He was clearly born in Kenya. Who cares? Right. Mm -hmm. So it's against the law. You think any of this matters? Um, So um, he was hot off of that run. And um, Jerry Jr., and uh, Trump's lawyer, attorney, the fixer guy, Michael Cohen, all come down there. And um, so they have this relationship and um, as this, and they, they bring out John Carlos. So John Carlo is now thinking, man, I, I, he got to meet Donald Trump. Donald Trump signed his book. 
And Donald Trump kind of gave him some parting and inspiring words of like, you can, he wanted to be a business guy, Giancarlo. And so he gets to meet this billionaire who at that point wasn't a controversial figure. He's in rap lyrics. Mac Miller names a song after him. He's kind of this iconic American entrepreneur figure that, and people don't care about his kind of quirky, quacky. Trump was at the time you're saying. Trump in 2012. So he wasn't this controversial at that time. He wasn't made to be controversial even after the, um, the birth certificate thing. And that's the second thing or the first thing that he stole from Hillary Clinton. Second thing was fake news. He like, he just stole stuff from Hillary Clinton and got away with it, which I love. Um, but so that relationship when, when Trump goes to run for office before the evangelical world was enthralled with Q and all these weird fantasies about, you know, America getting cured of its problems that conservatives uh, were warned about 35 or 40 years ago, but didn't care because they were they winning elections to themselves. Yeah. And so they, they, they didn't care. And now they, they concerned all of a sudden, you know, this is a guy who Trump had that had many wives, like, He's an NBA level scumbag in that regard. And I love that about him. He has kids with multiple women and he's not really an evangelical. And he went to when he ended up announcing he's running for office at that convocation where he gets the endorsement of Falwell Jr. He he reads uh, out of a Bible passage and he goes, this is the one. okay, (laughs) to Timothy. And I go, (laughs) Nobody sat you down to say second Timothy. He goes to Timothy three verse four. If your enemies are at the gate, annihilate them. <laughs> Whatever it was, he said, and he, he, but like, this isn't about Trump. It was about the fact right. that, that they knew Trump. And then, and, and so our doctor, you know, the, the God forbid documentary really positioned it as, well, it gave permission to the other evangelicals to endorse him, which I, right. I mean, I was I was paying attention at the, in that era. Um, Piper, um, John MacArthur, all of these people, like notable figures were saying this guy's a scumbag and Christians should not support him. And um, they even ran a candidate out of Utah named Evan McMullen to like appeal to those evangelicals. And I know a bunch of people that voted for him and so I'm just saying that it wasn't this assumed thing. And they're trying to rewrite history to be like, dude, I didn't know who Jerry Falwell or Jerry Falwell Jr. was basically until the old man died. Okay. Yeah. My family viewed um, televangelism as sinful or somehow. Right. I, I don't know. Rightfully I mean, so. And I shouldn't say that it was like they sat us down and said, you're not allowed to watch this. But I'm just saying, like, I remember I was at somebody's house and they were the parents were watching Benny Hinn and I went into the other room and I said, well, I'm not allowed to watch that. <laughs> like my parents were fine with me watching anything with violence in it. So long as there's no sexual content, they're totally fine with me. Like, oh, so there's somebody gets stabbed. You're seven. That's fine. Right. <laughs> like you know, at that time, Minneapolis was referred to as murder Apples. So they're yep. just like, oh, you should probably know about getting stabbed or whatever. <laughs> You should be able to uh, dress a wound. High school is going to be like, so get ready, son. (laughs) I mean, well, hey, after I graduated high school, Burnsville, uh, you know, the the Burnsville high school that I went to, uh, crime went down by 46%. So after after you graduated. (laughs) Yeah. So um, I don't, but yeah. So like my parents, that was kind of weird. They're like, well, you know, fighting is part of life. 
<clears throat> so in our first episode, you and I talked a lot about um, how we're outsiders to the evangelical right. world. We're Christians. Um, after you described your thoughts on heaven and hell, I don't know if... <laughs> <laughs> you don't know if I am. <laughs> no, that's, that's fine. fine. Yeah, but I'm just saying that um, uh, this, I, I feel so much like an outsider because people talk about this guy's influence and I go, yeah, I don't care. Like he can endorse whoever he wants. I'm not going to go vote yeah. for him because I'm like, it's not like, you know, I was really on the fence. I, I was going to vote for that Hillary lady, but um, <laughs> Jerry Falwell Jr. said I should vote for this orange guy. So I'm going to do it. You but know? you, but you are a free thinking individual and you value individualism and logic and reason. Not everyone does, especially evangelical Christians. Um, and here's where I think, here's the big loser in this scandal. All right. They try to paint uh, Jerry Falwell Sr. and his wife, Becky, to look like evil you sociopaths. Junior. You mean Junior. Junior. Uh, junior and his wife, Becky, to just look like evil sociopaths who took advantage of this poor 20-year-old guy, Giancarlo. Yeah. And, and that he was the guy who lost it all. No, no, no. The biggest loser in this story is the sheep-minded evangelical Christians who actually thought that these people, whether it's Falwell Sr. or Jr. leading their university, uh, that them like abiding by their own moral standards that they set forth for other people, that that had any value or meant anything at all. Right. That's the biggest loser in this story is the people who are dumb enough to buy into that. No, I think the biggest loser are Falwell Jr.'s kids. He has like three or four kids. Well, and yeah. I think the biggest loser in this whole thing is, so my dad barely believes. He's drunk all the time. And my mom is running off trying to blow all of my friends. Like this is, this is like if you find out your mom has an OnlyFans. This is that bad. <laughs> okay. I don't know how Maybe you worse, have. Yeah. I don't know how you have it. And the crazy part was Giancarlo was kind of the age of her kids. So he kind of knew the kids yeah, he went was. Out with them a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I don't blame him for like, like get friends wherever you can get them. And if it just so happens that you're banging their mom, that's life sometimes. Right. <clears throat> um, I, I would never blame that guy. Um, uh, because, uh, you know, like I have to put myself in a scenario where I go. So if I have an, uh, you know, like if that's my situation, my family, you go, yeah, do you blame him? My dad's hooking him up with freaking real estate deals. Yeah. So these, um, so you know, the part of the scandal that they don't necessarily, that they kind of focus on, and I wish they had spent more time focusing on this was, and this is where that predator narrative might have some teeth. And that is that in order to kind of keep Giancarlo entertained, they hook him up with pretty incredible real estate deals. So yeah. um, they helped him buy a hostel and they were partners in this in Miami and I was looking at the hostel. I looked at what they paid for it in 2012. So we're going all the way back to 2012. And um, they paid $4 million for it in Miami. I'm doing the math. I, I think the Falwell still own this thing. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's probably worth close to 10 plus million dollars. So um, it was totally like nobody lost anything here. There's no dollar loss, right? Sure. Um, they bought, you know, um, Florida's uh, real estate market was depressed by the 
um, the the GFC, the Great Financial Crisis. Right. 2012 was the bottom of the market. That's where everything bottomed out. So, but the, where this gets interesting, where where the scandal becomes more scandalous, um, is John Carlo uses a family friend or friend of his as the real estate agent on the deal. Yeah. And they and and the the at this point he's still kind of he's just figured out you know the the, the relationship with Becky's gone on long enough where he's figured out holy crap these are powerful people with major connections mm-hmm. right this is actually takes place I believe before the Trump meeting okay so um, he uses these sketchy guys basically these sketchy fellow Cuban real estate guys to help him buy this. Turns out he didn't know that, you know, his friend's dad, who was a real estate broker, lost his license, was a felon, owed millions of dollars. What ends up happening in the, the real scandalous part of the scandal is not really the fiddle diddling. It's the 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 fact that this comes to blow back on them because they start the the father and son that sold that acted as the real estate agent on the property that they bought for Giancarlo start adding it up going, hold on a minute. Why are these wealthy evangelicals who run a university in Virginia buying a Miami hostel for some 20-year-old, at that time, $4 million, for some 20-year-old kid? It doesn't make any sense. Right. And they kind of come to the conclusion that some weird sex thing is going on. They don't have any like firm... Who came to this conclusion? The real estate father-son. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so then they start to blackmail um the fall wells and granda and they say well technically we were promised 50 percent of the deal or 50 percent of the ownership or something and um they use michael cohen trump's attorney fixer guy to straighten everything out and that ends up becoming pertinent because as they, you know, the then later, you know, um, Michael Cohen calls him up and says, Trump is running for president. He wants your endorsement, but we have to clean this thing up with those two guys because we don't want anything blowing back on us. Right. And they start promising John Carlo a million dollars to buy out his portion. Basically a fancy way of saying, we're going to pay you a million dollars to shut up. That's great. So you're telling me I bang. I think I take a meal to shut up. And yeah, so like I'm been, I've been banging this milf, and um, I get a million dollars. Like, <laughs> tell me where I've lost anything in this scenario. Yeah. I don't. Uh, they ne- there was never any clarity as to if Giancarlo actually got paid out or anything of that nature. Um, <clears throat> ultimately, all of this, and, and again, there's a Bible verse that I keep hammering that we all know that says, "Doesn't matter what you do in the darkness, it all comes to the light." which is why I've been one of those types of people that's always like people screw up. Everybody deserves second second chances because at some point I'm going to need everybody (laughs) to extend that scale of grace to me because it's all going to come out and people are going to be like, so you were routing what through a Bahamas or like, you know, you were consulting for who? I was like, I didn't know they were the, but I'm, I'm the clan, but I'm just saying like, you know, um, I think that it's uh, pertinent to add to this conversation about them that 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 their need to financially obligate John Carlo so that he wouldn't talk, so that he felt happy. That's what did more damage, or that's what created the scenario 
for this scandal sure. to become a scandal that blows up because they use Trump's attorney to fix it and they don't fix it. And it yeah. all ends up coming to light. And um, I think that's a, and you know, John Carlo did say that it was kind of hard for him to get a job in DC, moved to DC for grad school and that people would start Googling him when the story started coming out and they just listed him as pool boy Um and they, there's some insinuations because no one had a firm grasp on the story. The insinuation was probably in some some cases that John Carlo was getting plowed by Junior rather than John Carlo. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, but I'm saying that was the insinuation because they didn't have a good grasp on the story. And then, all, well, like partway through, they they pull out Tom Arnold, you know, the the because mm-hmm. he was trying to dig into Trump and point out, uh, he was like, there's a video of Trump saying the N word and got a documentary oh. trying to find it. Doesn't exist because he didn't do it, but um, he figures. So a handful of people start figuring out because of those real estate father son deal, they start seeing there's something weird about this deal. And that ends up being the thing. And it, it's, it's no joke or whatever that John Carlo ends up in a situation where he's, he had trouble getting a job and he feels like the Falwells have ruined my life and they're promising him money and he's not getting it. So they're kind of stringing him along, hoping that if they just keep saying, okay, we're going to, we're going to buy you out of the, the, the Miami hostel. Um, you should be, you should be good or whatever. I, I don't think that ever came to fruition. And it's, it's one of those things like, you know, if you guys have ever seen the movie War Dogs, you and I actually went to go see it together. Yeah, yeah, we watched that together. It, it kind of reminds me of that where it's like, you know, you, he was doing something less than above board. And instead of just, hey, the guy's worth $100 million, reroute funding from somewhere, pay this kid a consulting fee, sign him to an NDA. Not that any of that matters, but I'm just saying, be a little yeah. more conniving. You're getting all this credit. Uh, you know, five, six years, two or three years after all this broke, you're getting all this credit for being this conniving, ruthless business predator. And you're yeah. not doing any of that. I'm saying that Junior should have done them just be like, find a million and a half should have been dollars. the predator they said you were. Yeah. Find, I just... find, find the million and a half, pay the kid off, get him to shut up. But instead, you're trying to route it through some real estate transaction in a state you don't live in. That was all the mess of it because they were trying to keep him happy and shut up about the whole thing. And in the end, he did what I think was the right thing. He did the smart thing. He came out, he made it public. He owned the story. Um, He got the Hulu doc. Hulu does pay people to do documentaries. Unlike Netflix, Netflix only does documentaries where they don't pay people. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's why that documentary about fire festival, they don't have the, um, that fat kid is not in the Netflix one, but he's in the Hulu one because Hulu paid him. So um, anyways, I, I think that kind of, that summarizes what the scandal was in a lot of ways. That's, that summarizes it. I don't, I don't think this is a true this uh, church or Christian scandal, right? I don't think the scandal, in my opinion, is one where, wow, this is a guy who was really professing to believe and bringing people to Jesus, and then he did something sinful and he fell from grace. Mm-hmm. I think this guy hardly ever believed. He put on a mask to try to help get his dad out of debt, to take a, you know, he fell into this position he didn't really want to be in. Right. Uh, so he had to put on the show. 
I mean, there's, you, you can see videos of him, like he's stumbling through reading words off of the video prompter about well, that's because stuff drunk. for the university. <laughs> I just, I think this is, this is not a really a, a, the scandal isn't that, oh, he's even evangelical who did non-evangelical things. I think he was a fake evangelical out of necessity more than true belief. And the scandal is just, is in, in other areas. I think they try to, the media and the people who made these documentaries try to make it look like, ah, see, yeah, we got them. Those evangelicals, they're bad. It's like, this guy's not really, he's not the real deal. Like, don't try, don't try to group him in with Christians. That's not fair. Right. You know, and then, and, and don't like, I don't look at these people as anything other than people who are capitalizing on using the gospel to make money. Um, I find that to uh, listen, I believe in, I'm a free market capitalist guy. I, I believe in making money. I don't believe that you shouldn't have, like, I'm, I, I encourage people to make money and have nice stuff. Um, but when you do it at the expense of your selling the Bible or whatever, like not Zondervan literally selling the Bible, but I mean, if you're selling out the gospel for it, now I have a problem because it's free. We're offering this thing for free. It's the best gift we have. And then you're trying to profit off of it. To me, that's scummier than like human traffickers. I shouldn't say that, but I'm just it's pretty like, bad though. It's, yeah. it's pretty bad. Yeah. Human traffickers, like we said before, at least would probably admit what they're doing isn't right. Yeah. They probably uh, tell evangelists and these people who make money off of peddling the gospel. Yeah wouldn't admit that so right and there's an angle of it which i go if everybody's in on the goof and we're all doing it as a tax break i'm fine with that if everybody knows that you're doing this just so you can make tax-free millions of dollars selling books i don't care yeah that doesn't that doesn't um hurt my feelings um i'm just going through my notes here to make sure i think i um got everything yeah does oh yeah no so there's one last thing that kind of made this scandal even a little juicier was okay um junior was sending text messages to uh, or sent one at least to john carlo of some scantily clad student at his farm out in virginia they have a three or four hundred acre farm oh i forgot that part yeah yeah and then there was the instagram scandal which was forget that he's fiddle diddling and all yeah. of that the university fires him ultimately oh, yeah. because him and some girl and he's, he's holding the girl too close to her, to her titty. Um, and they have Side their boob. Yeah. They have their, both of them have their pants undone and he's yeah. going on some local like talk radio station trying to explain. He's like, I, I didn't, I wasn't <laughs> doing it right. And my pants were really old and I didn't fit in them. And she's pregnant, and so she doesn't fit in her pants. <laughs> and I'm gonna try to, I'm gonna try to do better next. He was clearly bonkers drunk, so um, that. But if we can't all hold <sighs> hands and say, this is so I'm, you know, I try to walk away with a positive lesson from some of these scandals, because otherwise, <laughs> no, otherwise it gets depressing, right? For oh, the same sure. reason, I, I didn't, I, I stopped doing anything political and I become anti-political. I, I'm trying to look at this as like, there's, and here's what I think the lesson is. You do realize as Christians, if we just did a handful of, if we just loved each other enough um, to put our hearts and our dollars towards good things, look at what we could actually accomplish. Like, sure. 
the, the Liberty University is huge, hundreds of millions of dollars. I mean, huge, many students. It, Christians, if we worked together, instead of working against each other, instead of trying to measure who's truly Christian enough or any of that stuff, we could probably solve hunger, human trafficking. Um, there, there isn't anything we can't solve. We're not, we're, we're, we're yeah, well equipped. That. What's that? I believe that. Yeah. There isn't a global crisis that, that Christians could not solve if they just set their hearts on being the, and I barf as I say this, the hands and feet of Jesus. Yeah. It, and for that last comment, Danny, I think I got to say it. You're canceled. Well, Brett, for your use of the word cuckold, I just want to let you, you know that you're canceled. Thank you. Next and time. Thanks for joining us. Next time on Churches Canceled, we're going to discuss. Huh? <laughs> <laughs>